Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. But it's weird when your mic goes on and you don't realize it. <laughs> here I am pounding on the table, going along with the song. And yeah, Anyway, it's a Monday. John Grayson here with you. Our very own Wink Starrett, kind enough to hang around for a little while as uh, Jamie's vacation continues. She will eventually rejoin the program, I hear. So, <laughs> but uh, she's having a good time, uh, I'm sure, wherever she is. And Wink, always a pleasure to have you on board, man. Thank you. It's good to be here. Do we actually know where she is? I uh, yes, <laughs> uh, about half a world away. So uh, nice. Yeah, she, very I'm, nice. I'm going to let her tell all the stories upon her triumphant return. So I don't want to give away too much. But yeah, she uh, she took quite the little jaunt this time. So yeah, I believe yeah she'll be rejoining the broadcast a week from today. Uh, nothing like taking two weeks off in a row. I, I've only done that once ever in the history yeah. of my like adult working life, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was like just what the doctor ordered. I'm sure it is. I've never done that. Uh, I am quite tempted to give it a shot sometime. Oh yeah. Um, but the thing of it is, I don't want I don't want to come back and find I don't have a job, and I feel like the odds of it go up. <laughs> If you take too long away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the one thing about it. I remember my boss at the time not being terribly pleased, but I was like, look, dude, I didn't make the rules. I'm just playing by them. Don't hate. What's what's the term? Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? That's exactly the phrase, yes. So that said, uh, we got a lot to go over on the show today. And there is a reason, by the way, which we'll get to in about a half an hour, why I ask you that question about the study of ethics. And I still cannot come up with that word. It's driving me crazy. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that at before too very long because there is a fascinating question that has come to us out of the state of Maine, which there's a first time for everything, I guess. And uh, and as I understand it, if you, not to get too far into the sports world, although we are going to talk some about the Chiefs game here in a second, that uh, Lake Superior State University did not have a particularly good week. Uh, that is correct. They were playing Minnesota State ah. in hockey, and uh, they should have... They should have won on Friday night. That's all there is to it. Okay. A ended up losing in a shootout, so at least they got some points for it. But I, they, I, I, I go go ahead, yeah. But but then they lost on Saturday night outright, and it was just one of those things where they should have had at least one win on the weekend, and they didn't get really anything. Now I love the fact that anybody 
really seriously follows college hockey because I think it's a blast. Um, and and it, you, I mean, it just doesn't get anywhere near the audience. Even minor league hockey gets more of an audience generally than college hockey does. But I've always yes. wondered, of all of the teams that are out there, whether it's Minnesota State or the Gophers or, you know, whoever, how it was that Lake Superior State ended up catching your attention? That is an excellent question because um, I had never been – to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, which is the home of Lake Superior State, mm-hmm. um, until I went to my first game there. Um, so I had no, you know, I had I had no introduction to it, so to speak. Um, it really just came about as someone who followed college hockey in general. Yeah, and one of the things that that comes up is. Lake Superior State's past success because this is a tiny school. My high school was bigger than Lake Superior State is. <laughs> and they've won the national championship in NCAA hockey three times. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, here's this school literally sitting on the Canadian border. It's smaller than my high school. They've won it three times. I've got to go check this out. And so... I did. I drove up to Sault Ste. Marie one time when I had a long weekend and they were at home. Actually, okay. they were playing Minnesota State uh, that time and uh, just got sucked in immediately. Yeah. And since then, I have been a uh, proud Lake Superior State hockey supporter. That is and I make, cool. I make a trip every season. I'm going next month um, and going to see my team play in person. You know, I I happened upon an article over the weekend about NFL teams that folded, like NFL teams that are no longer in existence that mm-hmm. were at one point. And uh and and it was it was funny because I found out like this is all back in the 19-teens, 20s, and kind of into the 30s. And then things sort of settled down and the league, you know, became a much more viable business. But uh, for a while, you, you would have teams that would come and go. And I was, when I was a kid, I lived in a little town just north of Buffalo called Kenmore, New York. And the next town up from Kenmore is Tonawanda, which was where our family business was, Pico's Pizza. Uh, I had no idea that in 1921, Tonawanda, New York had an NFL team. Wow. Called the Tonawanda Lumbermen. They played one game. And it and was folded. And it was it. It was so bad. They 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 played whoever the team was from Rochester, New York, because they also mm-hmm. had an NFL team at that point. Um, and and they got beat forty five to nothing. And then Ooh. that was it. They were like, okay, we're we're just not good at this. We're gonna all go home now. So the the Tonawanda, what was it, Lumberman? Yeah. They they never in their entire existence scored a point. No, no. They, yeah, and that's that's another wonderful I didn't even I didn't even put that together, but you're right. They, an entire existence of an NFL team without a single point scored. So Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How big is Tonawanda, New York? Oh, I don't you're uh, maybe I'd I'd have have to look it up but if it's if it's 15,000 people it's a lot wow it's not big so yeah, it's tiny and you figure in 1920 it was probably a lot less than that so uh i'm yeah. gonna have to look this up <laughs> because i'm curious now now, now we want to know how many people live in Tonawanda. yeah yes okay population uh as of 2020 it was 15,000 how about so that? you were you were right on the nose there uh 1920 10,068 people all of whom were on the team, and yet they still couldn't <laughs> score a point. 
I think that's a too many men on the field penalty. <laughs> yes. Uh, that said, I mean, we yes, it's true. The Chiefs kind of played on Sunday Night Football yesterday and uh, went up to Lambeau Field, lost the game. But, I mean, it, it still doesn't change very much in terms of, you know, where they're going to be at the end of the season. It, it, I mean, all that makes a difference now is, is Miami going to it, it sustain the inevitable collapse that we all know is coming and let the Chiefs get home field advantage through the playoffs again? Or uh, is Miami going to keep this ridiculous role going? So it wasn't a great game. And, again, I, it's funny. Uh, I saw a quote online earlier today and I should have kept it because now I can't pull it back up but it was some NFL analyst or another who said boy I you know the everybody's been talking about how bad the officiating is and I haven't seen it this critical to a game as it was during the Chiefs game last night there were a couple of uh, like a pass interference penalty that wasn't called and things like that Mm -hmm. and I and he said I haven't seen it this bad in a long time and I thought apparently you missed the Bills Eagles game last week because yeah I was gonna say a week oh man it's so bad and and I don't know why I mean yes football fans will perennially complain about officiating and you're always going to have things that are missed or penalties that are called that are questionable that's that's part of the nature of the game but for some reason, over the last couple of seasons, and this season in particular, it's been horrifyingly bad. And I don't know what can be done about it. I mean, they have it in their contract. The referees actually have it in their contract that they cannot be um, penalized, which is ironic, that they can't be fined, for example, for blowing a call. So there's no accountability. They can be the wor- The only thing that they would get is if you have a particularly bad officiating crew, you're probably not going to be selected to referee a playoff game. That is correct, yes. So, ooh, please, Hammer, don't hurt him. I mean, <laughs> okay, so you you get an earlier vacation than the rest of the crews. Uh, wow, yeah, that, that must be tough. I hope they live through it. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's It's making the games extremely irritating to watch. Um, I hadn't noticed it until probably two, three weeks ago. And then, yeah, it, it definitely caught up to me. I'm like, this is not normal. (laughs) And I, I have, there's no rhyme or reason to it. No. Um, you know, I, I know that every year there's some degree of turnover, but I don't think there was a whole huge exodus after last season no. as far as the officiating core it, is concerned not that i know of i mean yeah just regular like you said guys retire and right. and they were and they're replaced but that's always been the case so, i know jerome boger retired and that's that's the only one that i know of from last year that retired yep but yeah there's there's nothing really that you can point to and say that's the reason for it this is one of the places where i think i mean the nhl uh also has i mean there are problems but the nfl has a much or the nhl rather has a much better system of using replay using it quickly being able to get the game back and and using it in critical situations where it really could change the outcome of a game and they're very good at it and the referees apparently don't take it personally (laughs) you know they, they understand yes i'm human too and sometimes i'll miss a call uh the NFL's got to do something about this, and and maybe that's – it wouldn't surprise me to see the league meetings over the spring of 2024 really focus on that and try to clean some of this stuff up. Well, the last thing the NFL wants to 
be seen doing is following in the steps of college football because yeah. there's there's kind of an ego thing, a collective ego thing there. But realistically, um, going at it from the approach of that that college football uses now in terms of plays being reviewed, I think is the way that the NFL is going to be able to to get this process sorted if indeed they they intend to do something about it. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, of course, is that uh, you know, somebody just mentioned it on the text line. Uh, we've got a couple here that we're going to refer to. One says, can you give a shout out to the Liberty North Eagles for winning the 6A state championship on Saturday? Yes. Congratulations, Liberty North Eagles. And somebody else said maybe ban Taylor from attending and Kelsey wouldn't be more worried about impressing her than playing a good game. On NFL.com this morning, there is a headline on NFL.com on one of their news articles that says Chiefs lose first game with Taylor Swift in attendance. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes, that was that was our KMBZ trailer update this morning. Oh, Yes, uh, we we need to really pay more attention to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Yikes! Uh, yeah, so th- th- that's th- that actually happened. That's the thing that happened on NFL.com. I, I couldn't believe that they did that, but there it is. And this is the state of the NFL, which is much more important than getting the calls right on the field. One would one would think. Well, um, I mean, everything is everything now is an entertainment infomercial. Just remember that. Yeah. So that includes the football game. <laughs> we will continue here in just a couple of minutes. Wink Starrett alongside John Grayson here with you. Uh, and if you want to jump in and do some talking with us, you're more than welcome to do so. 913-586-7798. 913-586-7798. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the world of celebrity and what happens when they do something that they think might make you stop looking at them. More on that just ahead. It actually happened twice over the weekend, so we'll discuss that. On the way, John Grayson, Wink Starrett here with you on the uh, Midday Show on 98.1 KMBZ. 10.22 now the time. John Grayson here with you. Wink Starrett hanging out with us, doing some talking. And uh, Billie Eilish coming back with a little bit of music from her in the news over the weekend for one of the strangest reasons and also in the news for a similar but uh, sort of an opposite end reason was Kelsey Grammer. Both of them made news this weekend for saying things during interviews that were of note, but it didn't go exactly the way they thought. Billie Eilish uh, was giving an interview to a magazine, and during the interview, they started talking about things that had nothing to do with music, like her sexuality and sexual preference. And at one point, the interviewer actually asked her, so are you coming out during this interview? And she was kind of taken aback by it and said, uh, well, I didn't realize I was in. So I, I and she said, I just figured everybody knew that she's gay. OK. Um, and, and that that piece and Wake, I would be fascinated to know what you make of this, because that piece of our sort of desire to know absolutely everything about the life of a celebrity always struck me as fairly odd because I don't, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? I'm the same way. I'm 100% the same way. Yeah. It's just, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Um, the only time that, that I wonder about it at all is when 
they obviously lie about it. And in that case, what I'm referring to most recently, and then she's certainly not the first, but Kristen Stewart, for the longest time, they would have these articles in like the Teen Beat magazines back when she was still doing all of the Twilight films about what guy she was dating and what other guy wanted to go out with her and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, uh, really? <laughs> it's like, I understand the production companies, but that's kind of the point is that they think it matters. They they were under the impression that if the public knew that she had no interest in either of the leading men that she was in these movies with, that they would turn their back on her. And it just seems such a strange idea to me that, that even now, anybody still cares. For whatever reason, people do care. And I think for so long... I mean, Barry Manilow actually said this the other day when he was asked about why he waited so long to come out. He said, because back in the 70s, that was a career death sentence. Yep. And, you know, the same thing with Liberace and, and other people. You look back further. Elton John, same way. Um, um, Richard Pennyman, Little Richard. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, and, and I actually heard an interview one time with one of his band members who said, yeah, we all played it up. He, he was like, Richard was gay, but all of us were straight. But we would all, you know, do the, the you know, big bouffant hairdos and the makeup and all of that stuff so that the girls in the audience, their boyfriends would think we were gay and they wouldn't mind us hanging out with their girlfriends. So <laughs> kind of used it to their advantage. I never heard that before. Oh, that's yeah. that's outstanding. But uh, but yeah, I think it just I think it comes back to that was the way it was for so long. And and we're kind of as a society on autopilot when it comes to that, even though I don't care and I know you don't care. And quite frankly, anymore, a lot of people don't care, but it's still a topic of conversation because for so long, we as a society apparently did care. And there are still some segments that do. I mean, you know, and, and I'm probably the most obvious one is country music is not known as being a great place to be a gay artist. Yeah. And there have been some people who have come out in country music who have seen their careers abruptly end. Um, and so I, I'd say it matters in some circles more than others, even though, again, I don't care. <laughs> which, I, I struggle yeah. to find ways that I could possibly care less. Which brings me quite nicely to the Kelsey Grammer piece of this, because Kelsey Grammer, as you know, they're rebooting Frasier. And I guess the, sure. the guy who played Niles is not being a part of it or whatever, but that that's beside the point. That uh, he, during an interview, which I believe was with the BBC, I'll correct that if I'm wrong, but he was doing this interview and the interviewer asked him about politics and pointed out because he had said something about Roseanne and the interviewer said, well, you know, Roseanne was a Trump supporter. You, Kelsey Grammer, were a Trump supporter. And I'm curious, are you still? And he started to give an answer in the affirmative saying, well, yes. And then almost immediately turned on a dime and said, but that's all I'm going to say about it. And what it turned out to be is that the production company that's responsible for rebooting Frasier, that Paramount, did not want him to go there and that they shut him down. And it just 
I mean, I'm glad you put it the way you did, that it's about us, because now there are people that are hacking on Paramount saying, oh, you know, you're censoring him and you shouldn't do that. And maybe that's true. But I think that it speaks more to us than it does to the production company. They're reacting to what they see as a fear that if if word were circulated about, you know, Kelsey Grammer being a Trump supporter, that it would that there would be audience who would refuse to watch the show on that basis. And I thought, boy, you know, if if it had come out in the middle of the 1980s that, uh, oh, I don't know, um, the guy who played coach on Cheers was a Reagan supporter. Who would care? Nobody. I mean, I, I'm, maybe somebody would, but the number of people, they wouldn't have worried about talking about that. Sure. But I would also contend that, one, we are more politically polarized than we used to be. Yes. In, in a significant fashion. And I think the other part of it is we we see so many people who are driven to boycott stuff for absolutely the dumbest of reasons. <laughs> and here's here's looking at you, Bud Light boycott. Yes. Okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that and and put my foot down that that is a dumb boycott. Yes. And, but oh, yeah. but um because people will boycott a beer over who a beer can was sent to then, yeah, I can understand why Paramount, quite frankly, would be a little bit uh, sensitive about having Kelsey Grammer go there. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, I will say, regardless of my own, you know, thoughts on politics and thoughts on, on you know, that particular matter, it would make zero difference to me as to whether mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the reboot of Frasier to know who he, he supports politically. I just, I have so many things to worry about. Are we just bored? Um... No, I I think more than anything, people are hyper political. But uh, yeah, and, and I don't disagree Every, with that. I, I don't, everything everything now is political, even if it's not. But and that's why I wonder if it's just that. I mean, we used to have lives. <laughs> we used to have important things to worry about, and and maybe that's that's part of why. I mean, there's a huge contingent of people, and this again affects left and right alike. It doesn't really make any difference. Who wake up in the morning looking for a tantrum to throw? And I get that, oh, sure. But but I just think that maybe it's because it's like, how do you have the luxury of that much time to go searching it out? We we're running way late already, which happens from here from time to time. But uh, we'll get to your phone calls in just a minute if you want to jump in. Do that thing nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. See when can I get to talking? And this is what happens. <laughs> we'll do some more of it just ahead after traffic and weather. Stay with us and join in the show on ninety eight one KMBC. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's funny. You should pull that out. We actually played that song yesterday. With the, we had a little jam session in the garage and... <laughs> did a little of that. John nice. Racing with you. Wink Starrett alongside, and you on the phone. If you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. And we go to Candace, who is in mission. Hi, Candace. Hi, guys. How are you? It's fun to hear the two of you together. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. What's on your mind? Well, when, you, when we first started on this, before we took the hard turn into politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you, you noticed we didn't actually talk about politics, just yeah, the, the yeah, fact that it came up in this yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but more about just the fandom of things. When you guys first started talking, I started giggling because you're trying to understand the mindset of young females, anywhere from nine to somewhere in their 20s to 30s to beyond. And, you know, you asked one particular question, like, about Kristen Stewart. And, like, would the fact that she had no interest in – Robert Pattinson or Taylor Lautner have been an issue. Well, for one thing, she was actually living with Robert Pattinson for a long time. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you from a female brain perspective, when it comes to these things, we imbue a certain level of fantasy into these relationships. And like, I remember when Ricky Martin came out, I was really sad (laughs) because you know, there's just something about it that, you know, you're never going to meet this person, you yeah. know, yeah, but, but there's something about the way we, as women, tend to think about these things that does have this kind of veneer of fantasy over it. And really, if, if, it, if it's known that um, these people are not going to get together, they don't even like each other, that, that can be a real killer if you know they don't like each other. Um, but yeah, that if for, for female fandom, especially young female fandom, which is where a lot of the money is in entertainment, it is, it is a thing. Okay. All right. Uh, it's, it's, this fascinating. Candace, thank you. Um, you've certainly given us a lot to talk about I, because I mean, don't make the mistake in thinking that men are any different that, I mean, there, there may be a different outcome to it or less of a story to it, but yeah, I mean, there don't, don't think that there aren't a lot of men who are sitting there watching Travis Kelsey going, wow, <laughs> you know, really, uh, you know, Taylor Swift, nice going dude. But are all you know that that same thing exists with guys who sit there and watch movies because they have gorgeous women in them, you know? Uh, but I don't think that maybe it doesn't go quite as far as, well, if I, well, there's also the fact that with a lot of guys, if they found out that the woman they had a crush on was gay, they'd kind of see that as bonus points. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, really? Hey, all right. <laughs> What, do they view it as a challenge or something? I, I don't know. Either that or, you know, well, can I, like, watch? <laughs> you know, oh, that. What, okay, got whatever it. Whatever it happens to be. Um, but, but yeah, I uh, I mean, the the thing with her living with Robert Pattinson, uh, the, the sort of inside Hollywood joke at the time was that that was like, I mean, they used to do that back in the 40s and 50s where uh, sure. they would have marriages between two gay celebrities that were you know, one male and one female so that they could say, See, they're not gay. They're married to each other. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they were living under the same roof. Was there actually anything going on, or was that just to, to kind of cover both of them? Sure. Um, you and know. you're right. That goes back. A, I mean, that goes back to the days of Rock Hudson and sure. beyond. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rock Hudson, one, one of the funniest ones. And I can remember, I mean, well, he came out, what, um, 1980, maybe, or 81. It was it was long past his, uh, you know, the, the pinnacle of his career. But oh, yeah. still, at the time, it was tabloid gold. I mean, and, and you think, okay, uh, yeah, he did that, and then... All right, so, but she's right. There is that that idea of you're never going to meet this person anyway. It's like that guy that sits there going, so you say there's a chance. That's what I'm hearing right now is there's a, but once that door is closed, will it really en masse in the same way that Paramount was apparently afraid of what Kelsey Grammer was about to say about his politics? You know, somebody on the text line said, well, as soon as you do that, you lose half your audience. That's, you know, that's kind of the point is that it gets back to Why? Why would you not watch a comedy show because of something like that? Why would you not listen to Billie Eilish's music? You know, whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah, I've never understood that ever. It, yeah, just there, there are so many other things. I mean, where I would draw the line is, did you hurt anybody? You know, uh, because there are celebrities who have done some pretty awful things. There was an NFL linebacker, as a matter of fact, who was arrested last week, turned himself into the cops because he is alleged to have uh, done some pretty awful things to the pregnant mother of his children. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's where I draw the line and say, if you hurt somebody else, then I'm done with you. I don't want it. But if you didn't, if it's just something philosophical or something about your life that's different from mine, meh, so what? I think that's a pretty strong, solid, and most importantly, reasonable place to draw the line. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, All right. That said, I I do want to flip to what I was going to get to with you about this whole ethics thing, because I think this is an absolutely fascinating story. And it's one of those things where I have no idea whether this is going to work on the radio. So welcome along, Link. (laughs) All right. Thank Um, you. The story erupted out of uh, out of the state of Maine, where there's a debate going on right now about science class. And at first, I didn't see the connection, but when I read a little bit farther into it, I found myself squarely on one side of this debate. But I'm not going to tell you which side yet. You'll probably be able to piece it together. But mm-hmm. what they what they were talking about is should things like eugenics and uh, uh, the Holocaust and genocide be taught as part of science class in middle school. And the reason why they wanted to do it, and it's, again, being hotly debated. In fact, there are even teachers' organizations that are debating against this. Um, but the reason that they wanted to do it is they wanted to, at least as part of the class, show that you can, if you are given to do this, bend science and use it for things like uh there was a, a book that came out in the mid 90s mid 90s called the bell curve and it was m- attempting to make a scientific case as to why white people and Asians were superior in intelligence to Hispanics and blacks and it was a big tome of a book that that was laying out this scientific case for it. Now, it was also roundly criticized and torn apart by a lot of people in the scientific community. 
but what they were trying to show is, you know, Hitler used what was the science of eugenics from the late 1800s as reason to, to begin the Holocaust. Um, and, you know, against Jews and homosexuals and, you know, other people like that. So, um, you know, it, it, they wanted kids as young as middle school age to know that these things have happened, that genocide and war and the Holocaust and several other awful things in humanity's history have been on the basis of, of like I said, twisting science to justify their actions. And they want to teach this to middle school kids. Wink stare at what say you? Um, I, I say this is a perfect case for the, a perfect instance for having a combined kind of crossover unit between social studies and science. I don't, it's not my opposition to, I'm not opposed to teaching it. I just don't think necessarily science is the umbrella under which it should fall. So I I think this is the right thing to teach the students. I don't necessarily think science class is the right place for it, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Um, the, The arguments have come. As I said, from both the community and from the the teachers' organizations, not all of them. I mean, there's still debate going on inside them. They're not monolithic in their in their viewpoint on this, but there there's a segment of that opposition that says these kids are too young for that. They're not their critical thinking skills have not developed to the point where you're going to be able to take something as nuanced as that kind of an historical argument about the way that science has been misused and do it in a way that's going to make sense to an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old. The other piece of it is kind of a kick in the teeth to the teachers saying that you're putting an awful lot of faith in middle school teachers to be able to lay out that case and do it effectively. Oh, that's kind of rude. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, it's funny that we're exactly on the same side of this because I, I thought wait, that that shows an incredible lack of faith both in the teachers and in the kids. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the idea that you can't have a, a, a real conversation about a difficult subject with a 10-year-old is 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 really condemning all of the 10-year-olds. I, I think we have lowered our expectations to such a point where we don't believe them capable of very much at all. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I don't see any problem with teaching those things to a 10, 11, 12-year-old um, at, at all. Uh, again, I think my whole oppos- my only opposition comes to the prospect of teaching it in science class, and that's only because I think it's in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that. I, I mean, I could I could at least debate that and, and have that argument about whether you do that in a science class or whether you do it in a social studies class. I can kind of see why they want it in a science class just so, I mean, it would encourage the kids in science class to maintain their, their ability to think critically and say, mm-hmm. okay, am I going to buy this out of hand or are there some arguments that I can come up with, you know, against this kind of thing? Um, but yeah, I, I just think that sometimes... We seem to have so little faith in people, um, and maybe the, the cure for that 
if if you're one of the people who just thinks, okay, but I don't think anybody's capable of handling this, is maybe we give them the chance to do it. You know, at least let them prove us wrong. Sure, I'm I'm very on board with that, and I, that was one thing. I don't speak very glowingly of the education that I received in grades one through eight. <laughs> it was it was in a Catholic school that I didn't want to be in, and the education that I got was very uneven. But there was one thing that was very positive that came out of that, and that was they gave us the opportunity to fail. Yes. Um, you know, and there's a lot to be said for that. Um, you're not going to succeed at everything, but we were given the opportunity to fail. And that, I think, was beneficial. Yeah, I also had a significant amount of Catholic education um, and Lutheran education going back to, oh, sixth grade i think yeah sixth grade was the first year for it and then all the way almost all the way through high school and the one thing that i failed at the most was being catholic so um yeah <laughs> that, that, that that didn't take it all but uh yeah we'll, we'll continue the conversation we've got a few more things to wind up the hour with and if you want to jump in please do 913-586-7798 wink starrett here with us john grayson hanging out with you on the midday show on 98.1 kmbz 10.53 now the time. John Grayson here with the week. Starrett alongside. So, uh, Mr. Starrett, did you see the Steve over the weekend? I have absolutely <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> there was a thing that happened, um, and it, it's it's kind of related to the Northern Lights, to the Aurora. Um, it, it's called the Strong Thermal Emission Velocity Enhancement, or Steve. Oh, wait, I have heard about this, yes. And I did not see it, though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. And, I mean, the weather mostly was cloudy. I mean, my entire trip down to the booming metropolis of Yates Center, Kansas, over the weekend, uh, the sun did not shine the entire time, either down or back. So mm-hmm. it, it's been cloudy and foggy and nasty. But in central Kansas... It was apparently visible as as some red lights in the sky. Uh, and as I said, it's kind of a related to the aurora. It's a similar phenomenon, but it's not exactly an aurora. And it usually happens much farther south, like Kansas, for example. But we got some great pictures over the weekend of, of just these red lights and ribbons and things like that showing up in the sky. I've never seen the aurora in person. I didn't see this. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking it's hiding from me. Even when we were in Alaska, it just never happened. To, we weren't there at a good time for it, I guess. But I, I'm a little upset that they get such a beautiful name as Aurora Borealis, and we get mm-hmm. Steve. Yeah, which stands for what again? Strong Thermal Emission Velocity Enhancement. Strong thermal emission velocity enhanced. I'm going to look up some photos of this. <laughs> it's cool. Ooh, those are those are pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, we need to come up with a better name for it than. Now, look, I don't want to offend anyone who's listening whose name is Steve. You have a fine name, um, but it's just not. It doesn't have quite the panache, I think, as Aurora Borealis does, or Aurora Australis, for that matter. Honestly, I'm glad that we have. Steve as a name for it instead of having to say strong thermal emission velocity enhancement every time. That's true. That That is absolutely uh, factual. Um, but the fact that we can shorten it to Steve actually works for me quite well. I'm good with this. And it is, I mean, it is very Midwestern. You have to give it that. It's like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's the Steve. 
Yeah. Just, yeah, just simple. Everybody can remember it. It's all good. But if, right. you, if you saw this, Steve, we would love a text or uh, some kind of description as to what you saw going on up in the sky. Uh, the other thing is, and I know you and Amy mentioned this on the morning show this morning, that dollar stores, if you happen to be a fan of John Oliver, which I absolutely am, his show last week tonight on, on HBO is, is fantastic. But he did a long segment on a recent show, I think a week or two ago, about the the problems that this Arkansas distribution plant for Dollar General and one of the other dollar stores, name escapes me. Um, Family Dollar. Family Dollar, thank you. That this distribution center down in Arkansas had a rat infestation like crazy, and there were other all kinds of problems where, you know, things that were... Uh, obviously damaged were sent to stores anyway and it was just really really bad and they've come up with a solution now it's, it's kind of like a class action suit even though it wasn't one it's the same sort of result that if you shopped at certain of those two stores family dollar or dollar general here in dollar tree in missouri it was a dollar tree and dollar general yeah uh, it's, in family, dollar? it's family dollar and dollar tree because they're co-owned gotcha okay uh that, that if you shopped at one of those and there are certain locations i guess that are served by that that you will get compensation in the form of a 25 dollar gift certificate to one of those stores and i thought is that really what is that a win you get to get even more of the stuff that you did probably shouldn't have had in the first place. It it all depends on uh, your tolerance for having rodents uh, <laughs> crawl all over the stuff you buy. Yeah, uh, mine is zero. Wink, Starrett, we're done for the hour. Thank you so much for hanging out. You want to come back again tomorrow? I would love to. Love to have you. More to come on 98.1 KMBZ. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.